Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Apples. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for nearly 20 years now. That's right, 20 years I've been talking about the good folks at Leon Tailoring. Whether it's Larry, Norm, Kim, Judy, whether it's their ready-made items, whether it's their custom-made items, or whether it's their tailor-made items, you can trust Leon Tailoring. Leon Tailoring, they've been great folks. They've been around for more than 100 years and some change. I've only been talking about them for 20, but trust me, head over to Leon Tailoring and they'll take care of you, just like they've taken care of me for the past two decades. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown town Indianapolis. Mr. Chris Johnson, uh, city and director, uh, financially how's Indiana doing? What you see overall right now? Well, I think uh, what you could see in the last budget, uh, we're in pretty good shape. We have adequate reserves. We have a budget that uh, spends less than we're anticipating uh, taking in. Uh, we have low debt, and uh, so and we're able to fund our critical services. So overall, I think we're in good shape. It looks like there's still some challenges and some possible speed bumps down the road. There always there's always speed bumps down the road. We still have the uncertainty of whether there's going to be a recession or not. Uh, people have been talking about that for some time. Um, I also, uh, I'm concerned a little bit about the level of federal funds that we're able to use right now, but what happens in the next budget cycle when some of those uh, federal funds expire. Um, apparently it looks like Medicaid is going to be a big issue uh, in the state of Indiana. Like you said, uh, one in three people is on Medicaid, but then people sort of sort of moved off of Medicaid and they may not find out until they actually try to get a prescription to go see a doctor. Uh, how much you? How much of that is a, is a concern? Well, I think it's a concern because we want to make sure people uh, receive the services that they're eligible for. But as I mentioned, I think uh, uh, hopefully the, the clients out there that receive notices from FSSA respond and they, they figure out what their options are. Um, but as I mentioned, uh, in some cases, they may not. It may not really hit home until they actually try to uh, use those services. Uh, something you showed on one of the graphs earlier I thought was interesting, that sales tax revenue collection was up, but in-tax collection was down. Right. How, how do you explain that? Well, one, uh, we lowered individual income tax rates, and then uh, the individual income tax collections, uh, 22 was really just an abnormal year with the amount of uh, uh, indi uh, individual income taxes paid. So it wasn't really much of a surprise. We knew that there was going to be a reduction uh, this year, but it's actually, uh, I think we're on target as far as the forecast goes. I was going to ask you about that too with our revenue forecast. How much that is reliable. We said Indiana has a really good reputation for its revenue forecasting abilities. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, the best we've got. And uh, the good thing about a forecast is there's always going to be another one. So in December, we'll see how close they were and we'll see what the economy's doing and, uh, you know, re reset things if we need to. Uh, at the end, uh, the executive branch is always responsible for managing to whatever those revenues are. So we could pass whatever appropriations we want. But in the end, it's the budget director that's going to have to make the, the tough decisions on uh, managing to that level of revenue. How do we get that $6 billion surplus? Well, it was because uh, the economy just bounced back so well. And so there was just unexpected uh, sales tax. And then uh, I think a lot of people will say that they've received a bump in their salaries or, or wages. And so with that... Um, uh, there's more income tax, and so the sales tax and income tax, I think, were the big uh, drivers there. Uh, we're all, unfortunately, suffering from inflation, but when you pay buy something at a higher price, sales tax goes on top of it. So, uh, unfortunately, for the consumer, uh, but it, it shows up in uh, state sales tax revenues. 
Although the state doesn't necessarily control property tax, that's more of a uh, local county school thing. I thought it was interesting that 45% of the property tax is now on the backs of residential people as opposed to industrial and commercial. Any word concern about that? Well, I think they're always concerned about uh, the shifting, and I think that's what we've seen in the last year, well, several years, is that um, uh, the, that the residential tax base has picked up a greater share of the property taxes. Uh, the reason for that is just there's been a lot of turnover in the housing market, and so the basis for establishing assessed values, there's a lot more data out there uh, from uh, a form called the sales disclosure form, and so you're able to stay more up-to-date on what market values are when there's a lot of turnover in that property. There's not as much turnover in commercial and industrial properties uh, to, in order to make that uh, differentiation. Uh, just one last question. Uh, what would you say is uh, the biggest concern that you're worried about or concerned about for the next couple budget directors down the road? Well, I think it's just uh, setting that, setting the sights on what I called were the principles, right? Uh, understanding the uh, uh, what level of services that we need to provide, and then also just uh, levying the amount of taxes needed to fund those services. And once you collect the money, you got to just make sure it's producing as much uh, value out of that out of that tax stream as possible. Uh, you did say one other thing before I let you go. Here. I lied. I was this. This is my last question. <laughs> uh, that maybe it's time for Indiana. Maybe sort of look at the services it provides. Maybe we sort of take this opportunity to like, hey, do we really need to do this, or is there, no, is there a better way to do it? Well, from my previous time in state government, that's all. All my group did was just challenge uh, how do how do you do things and what should you be doing. So we should always, regardless of whether we have surpluses or not. We should always be asking, is this the best way to provide these services? And is there somebody else that maybe is not in state government that could provide the services? Or should we be doing it at all? That's something that should just be uh, perennial. And why say hold it back 2%? Oh, that's just a practice that we wanted to reestablish. It's a good uh, management tool. A lot of times agencies, as much as they plan and put their budget together, there's a surprise need that shows up. Um, and also with them inflation right now, you know, we're setting uh, budgets for the next two years. Who knows what those costs of those contracts are going to be over the next two years. So it's just, it's not a penalty. It's just uh, what we think is a prudent management tool. Ms. Johnson, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.